Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you enjoy a determiner. I'm under the aegis of AllThingsComedy.com, which is like a podcast network with Bill Burr and El Madrigal and the uh, Tom Papa. A lot of men. There's some ladies over there. I can't think of any. I don't know why. I'm a sexist. In other news, uh, you can go to JackieCation.com and find me doing stand-up comedy somewhere. You can also buy merch T-shirts and hooded sweatshirts, and I'm the Larry the Cable Guy of stand-up comedy. I have a boatload of bullshit to buy. And then you can always donate. People, um, it's slowed down. Feel free to get on it. Uh, I would like everyone in the world to give me $100 a year, and then I would have, I don't know, $7 billion. Somebody do the math for me. I, uh, Patrick Brady gonna fix this audio. Uh, Mike Rickberg and his girlfriend just sang the intro song. Mike's gonna sing again at the end. He composed that song. It's all very beautiful. And then Vilmos fixes the website. I'm sure there's something else to say. I know. The Society of the Spectacle is this month's, um, what are they called? Advertisers here on the Dork Forest? They gave me a pair of glasses and they're super cool. They talked me into something a little fancier. Do you see Cameron Esposito? Oh, you look great. Yeah, they're kind of blue. I told her, I, I pointed at my own face when I said glasses and I said, think of a sedan. Put a sedan on my face. They are kind of blue. Actually, at first I just, you know, was mostly struck by the dark nature on the outside. There's a, you know, like kind of a, right. like a, like a I will post dark a, brown slash, I, you know, blackness to Yeah. It. I will post a photo of these glasses because uh, they're pretty cool. They talk me into them. And uh, the Society of the Spectacle, named after a commie a tome written in France in 1967. <laughs> in Eagle Rock, there's a there's a, a, a lady-owned uh, spectacle shop, glasses eye shop, Katie and Amy, very cool people. I'm going to have them talk about how dorking out about glasses because it was a bit of a hostage situation where she made me try on more glasses than I would have. How long have you had glasses? Since I was, uh, right after I was born, I think yeah. I was handed a pair of glasses. No, actually, seriously, <laughs> I have, for my entire life too, I have, I have like crazy vision, and I just recently got some hilarious like throwback frames oh, that nice. are like big and circular. Oh, there at you a go. Little independent shop, uh, near where I live, and yeah, it's just making my dreams come true. Because sometimes <laughs> you need to have like, like I feel like I have the same glasses I had when I when was, I was three, yeah. you know? Like they're like dorky enough, and I, yeah, so these it are, feels good. Yeah, these are big. These feel big a little bit. No, they look really nice on you. No, no, they're very, they, they, I let, I let the professionals choose and they are at the Society of Spectacles. So if you get a chance and you need glasses, it turns out, <laughs> here's the ad part, dash yourself off to the Eagle Rock and get yourself a pair of glasses over at the Society of the Spectacle on York. Okay. Uh, Cameron Esposito, you're in my house. Yeah, I am. Welcome to the Dork Forest. Thank you so much. What a beautiful forest. Of dorks. Dork, 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 dork. This is it. It's happening. It's all very, do you see this art up here? There's yeah, I've noticed foresty. art. I've seen, uh, there's, uh, shelves and, uh, like a Dewey Decimal System type of a thing going on over here. That, that looks like one of those, uh, it, you open it up, it holds DVDs. Oh. Oh, out, outside library card catalog, inside DVDs. Shelving. I like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's sneaky. It's how sneaky. I don't know who I got it from. Uh, I don't know where we, the internet. That's where I understand <laughs> things are available. And, uh, I've wanted to have you on the show for probably a year and a half. We, I think we did some, uh, some lady show in Portland. We did some lady show in Portland at, uh, the very appropriately titled All Jane, Jane No Dick. That's it. That it's was the name of the women's comedy festival. It was a women's comedy festival. And um it was lovely. It, she was so nice. And yes, Stacy who runs actually I'm going back uh this year. I'm going back this you year. You gonna do it again? I am doing it again. Sweet. Um that's in Portland. It's probably in Portland. I think it's in the it's October something, seventeenth or eighteenth or something. Cameron like Esposito, if people wanted to know where you were, why why don't I we could do this in a professional manner or we could just yeah. meander around for an hour. Um what is your website? It is CameronEsposito.com. dot com. And my name is uh difficult to spell, but just try a bunch of different things. I'll come up. <laughs> Cameron Esposito. Like just try whatever. I'll they'll suggest it. Fun eventually. game for you. Fun yeah, game. Just spend some time. Hey, if you're allergic to nuts, these cashews have nuts in them. Oh, you know what? These they look great. I'm not allergic to nuts at all. And you know, I don't even. You also suggested a banana cookie. I don't even know 
if I'm going to venture into that territory because I'm trying to actually like really watch what I eat, but I wanted to see them. I wanted them to That's because you moved here recently to Los Angeles where it's on the wind where someone, someone is whispering, Oh, you're going to want the salad. You know what else is, is so number one, that's true. You know, you have to really watch your bod and your, sure. and your face and your right, wrinkles right. and your, um, the everything. aging process. It doesn't exist. And on top of that, just moving was so stressful. Mm. That I was just like actually gaining weight from just like nothing. You know when you just like don't change anything, but yeah. you're so stressed out that you are that not your body's sleeping. holding on to every calorie because exactly. you're like, we're just, I think it's gonna be winter we is have coming. To stay warm, we're so <laughs> nervous, and so I was just like gaining weight, and I couldn't fit into my clothes. And then I was like, I am technically too poor to buy <laughs> all new clothes. Right. So, so I should take this lack of money and buy less food. Exactly. Yes. I will apply it to bean and spinach purchases. Oh, very and nice. less to pizza purchases. One summer, I brought a bucket of lentils and I lived <laughs> and my roommates made fun of it. And at the end of it, they threw what was left of the lentils in the ocean. In oh the fucking God. ocean. I was those like, you know, those, been pissed. yeah, you know, those expand. They're like those dinosaur sponges <laughs> that become big lentils. And that's what happened with global warming. <laughs> and that's, and I created global warming yeah, back did. in 1989 Polar ice in, caps on Cape Cod. Are melting. That's how it happened. And, um, well, let's talk, speaking of Cape Cod, cause I spent three summers in the province town. Could, mm. could have been mm-hmm. two, could have been three. I was, wait, were you doing shows drunk. there? No, no, no. I doing? was a friend of mine's parents owned a, Retire like a like a summer home in Truro. Oh yeah, she was our wealthy friend, and uh, nice they had this beautiful uh, resort. And they, she was like, "We're all going to buy a car for fifty dollars." We all pitched in, and we really we bought the tape deck inside the car. I was going to say, sounds like a nice car. It was. Uh, I I don't even remember what it was, but the nickname of it was like Frogger or something. It was a genuinely ugly car, and we drove four of us in this vehicle. Um, Hungover from Madison, Wisconsin, 1988 to Provincetown, Massachusetts. And we all got jobs immediately. They had jobs from the summer before they had been. Um, I was initially working in a t-shirt shop and I lasted three hours, but I had worked in t-shirt sales all of my life. And so I quit after three hours going, I can't actually take it. And then I walked over to a Portuguese restaurant, lied, told him I had waitressing experience lasted almost four hours at that when everyone realized that I did not have any waitressing Nor experience. Nor do you speak Portuguese very fluently. <laughs> Though I love a linguista these yeah. days. <laughs> and then I got a job at a hot dog stand, which I worked at for three summers, where wow. you got to drink on the job. Oh, that's not bad. It was attached to a bar. Plus you, free hot dogs? Plus all the free hot dogs you could want and clams, fried well, clams. If you're getting free hot dogs, it doesn't matter if your pants don't fit. You just buy other pants. So right. if that was the kind of life I was living, if I had some sort of hot dog hookup out here, <laughs> then I wouldn't have to worry about You could probably get a job at Pink's if you wanted to. I mean, you're right. You're you're right. You're employable. You know, I'm, I, I'm going to say. I'm going to say as a you, – you could sling a dog if you needed to. <laughs> I, well, Provincetown is such an interesting place because it's at the end of Cape Cod. Very end. Literally, you could not go further or you would fall into the sea. The sea. And uh, it is also a there's very a popular monument. There's a giant monument and it is a very popular gay resort destination. Right. And it's- I kind of love that gays were like, can we stop here? There's nowhere <laughs> else we can go. We're at the end of it, you know. And um, but I, I went to college in Boston. I went to Boston College, and then I lived, oh, did you? I lived there for a couple of years afterwards, so I'm very familiar with the Cape. I drove there a lot. That's just, awesome. People were like traveling around and stuff, and I've done shows in Provincetown, which is a very, it's a very weird place to do shows because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you're competing with a lot of gay resort activities, right? Like, I- for instance, uh. Like naked parties or oh, right, right, noodly smooch, smooching town. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like it's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, right. we've come here to get laid. We've not come here to watch you tell your jokes. And, uh, I, always... I did go to see an amazing, um, dancing gentleman dressed as a lady yes. who, who nailed it. Holy crap. There's some people who are really good at that. I have, I have a, I am a huge fan of a very specific, uh, drag performer who is called Varla Jean Merman. Varla. Varla Jean Merman is fantastic. And, mm-hmm. uh, here's what's awesome about her. She sings the 
So she's like a great drag performer and a really built dude. So when, right. you, when you see Varla as a dude, he's like stacked. Right. And he's got giant muscles and he's right. like, and he's pretty much He's macho. just ripped. He's and, pretty masculine. Yeah. But then, um, his female persona, Varla is like super feminine and very like Marilyn Monroe-esque, but, but a redhead. Okay. And then, uh, she sings the female parts of opera songs. Holy crap. And hits the can notes. Can hit the notes. Can hit the notes. So, <clears throat> If you ever are in Provincetown, uh, Varla's there every summer and also yeah. tours the country and she is an amazing performer. Okay. Let's, I will, I will link her in the notes because that's awesome. Yeah. She's the best. Okay. I also like nerded out on, I was like sweating through my shirt meeting her because mm-hmm. I was like a fan. Yeah. And then we were just at and the same you... place performing. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, you know, sweating, just being like, Hey, hey, came up to her waist yeah. because oh, she's like a pretty tall. Dude, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tall man when you're a man. Yeah. And when you're dressed in your lady parts, you're really Heels tall lady. Heels on top lady. of it. Yeah. Right. Heels on top of it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So when I asked what your dorkdom was, you said, I know every gay TV and movie ever. That's yes. not. Or something. Yes. You just own it. Absolutely. Um, okay. Here's what I'm going to say about this. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know, uh, I don't know that I'm going to nail dates perfectly. Sure. I don't know that I could walk you through the exact history of cinema. Right. But I will say that I wrote notes, uh, very extensive notes last night on my phone, and I did not have to look up one thing. I did okay. not have to look up one name, one movie title, uh, or one really television reference. Um, wow. I did bounce some ideas off of my, uh, your loved one, of my, of my lady, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but mostly just because, uh, my back's all messed up and she was typing it for me. So I was, she's like the kindest person. So I was Aww. like, I don't know if you've ever been into a little lesbian household where one's one, uh, one woman is yelling at the other, like write down Ellen, the puppy episode, <laughs> but we're just yelling about lesbians in the media. Yes. It's a huge, well, the reason I wanted to talk about it mm-hmm. is when we were talking about dorkdoms, you know, you were kind of saying that it's something that you could speak extensively on that maybe you wouldn't even necessarily realize like you they have you, this bank of knowledge. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, we just live in the world and we have the jobs that we have and we have the friends that we have. And sometimes we don't realize the other people don't have yes. those jobs or friends. <laughs> and also the specificity to what we care about. Right. And, you know, I think that one thing that's specifically true for um, lesbians is that, like, we don't generally have a um, there's not like a neighborhood. Oh, right. In most major cities, you know, a lot of major cities have like a a West Hollywood equivalent or it's called Boys Town, literally in oh, Chicago, right. where right, I right. am from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's gay bars that that have female clientele. Sure. And, you know, lesbians know each other. I'm not right. saying we're all separately at our houses, <laughs> but there's a less community based aspect to it. Right. You know, but it does when you're a min- when you're in a minority, mm-hmm. like it matters that people can see. Right. Where you're and and from. it's nice to have role models too, even if they're yes. horrible role models. Yes. You, well, you have to say like, wait, I'm not alone here, right? Like other people have lived this existence <laughs> ever. I mean, it's like the same reason that we just talked about glasses. Right. Because we've both had the glasses experience. Right. We had the glasses experience. I had the same thing when we were, when, when I was a child, my father would always point out the Armenians. Yes. <laughs> and be like, and until the point where it just became absurd. He's like, see that technician? Yeah. That is, uh, and I was like, stop it. Stop talking. That's a, and, <laughs> no, that does. I mean, all right. Yes. My dad's the same way about Italians. Right. I mean, we were, we were driving through, uh, like my, where my family is from or my mom's family is from outside of Florence in a rental car. N- nobody in my family speaks Italian. My okay. mom is now learning. Okay. Good on her. She's, right. uh, but they both grew up in households where their grandparents spoke. Right. And we're driving through northern Italy. My dad is rolling down the window and yelling my 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 mom's familial last name at like farmers in the just hopes. to see if they have a response. <laughs> so he's, he's yelling Parati? <laughs> Nothing? Party of two. Par- Parati. Par- Parati? <laughs> Nothing on that? Like I don't know what he thought they were gonna do. <laughs> because if somebody uh, just yelled a last name at you, that's not something that you know, no, even no. in any culture, we usually have a specific no. response to. Chubakowski! Yeah. <laughs> Chubakowski, what's going on? <laughs> By the way, the greatest name in the world, Cindy Chubakowski. Chubakowski is a heck of a name and also a terrifying monster uh, in, <laughs> right, in the Mexico. Chupacabra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, the reason I want to talk about this is because I think, so I think gay women, you know, we really look for those characters in TV and film and kind of experience that as if we know those people right because it's such a small i mean right so 10 percent of people identify as gay right and then 
if half of humans are, you know, women, that's like 5% of the population. So right. it's also not something you can see on somebody. I mean, I have a pretty specific haircut, but not everybody knows what this means. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not like a... Right. And my gaydar was so bad. I didn't know if I were... <laughs> And I was like, oh, I wonder. Yeah. And then I found out no. But I did find out, right? Because you yeah. got to check. Yeah, and uh, I, check. I had I had a roommate in college, um, that, and then we moved to Minneapolis. And then she got a roommate that lived with us. And a year later, she came to me and said, hey, uh, I need to tell you a couple of things. One, Deb is moving out. And two, I'm gay. And we were going out for that year. And I was like... Wow. We've been friends for almost six years at this point. And I'm like, you couldn't have told me that? (laughs) Was this, was she coming out at the time or had she come out previously? I don't think she had fully come out. Um, yeah, absolutely no one but me was surprised. Uh, matter of fact, if you were to meet all of my friends that are gay, you'd be like, what? How can you not know, Jackie? The thing for women is that there's a more accepted parameters for how women can behave. Like men, you know, you have to be a tough guy. Otherwise, when you're a very child, when you're a very young child, somebody's going to yell at you that you're what gay. they think you are. Right. But for women, like you can be a tomboy, you can right, be into is... sports, you can be have really close friendships with your female friends, and people might not tell you what you are. So I think sometimes women don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, there is there is more leeway with with women. You get to and I mean, it, honestly, to just speak about my own experience, it took me probably two. Full on relationships with women. <laughs> and I was still dating men at the time, like, yeah. like as well, you know, just yeah. kind of like, oh, I'm just like into these, you know, full on relationships. But like the men, uh, I did not feel very emotionally connected to or right. did not want to be dating, but I was right. like, well, we just don't, you know, this is how women are. We just don't want to date men. Oh, we just want to date women, but we just don't want, I was like, this is how right. everybody feels. Everybody must feel everybody this, way. Feels this way. Right. So I'm, but I'm going to go out with that guy because that's what I'm supposed to do or yeah. that's, and he's nice. I like nice, him. even physically attractive. You know, right. I have eyes. They might not work very well, but when I put on my glasses, I can tell right. who's good looking. <laughs> and that's it. You know? All you got to do, put on a speck and go, Oh yeah, handsome. Regular <laughs> features. I like it. I like it. So as I'm going through that time, I'm going to tell you that this is when I first realized that um, this was such a huge and specific thing for women that date women. So at the time in my life when that was true, the L word was actually currently on television. Showtime uh, or? It is on, it was on Showtime. Yeah. Um, and it was about a young, a group of like young, hip LA lesbians. The funny thing being that I watched it in Boston and coming from Chicago, having raised in, I've been raised in Chicago. So I actually thought that the show was really unrealistic because everybody in the show is like weighs one pound. And is really, really, uh, attractive and only wears like scarves and tank tops. Then I moved to LA and I was like, oh no, this is actually just how gay women look here. Right. Slash all people, but right. especially gay women. Like it's like right. the thinnest. You can find those people. Those yes. Are, they're, those are the, some of the most gorgeous human beings on the planet live in this town. And then some of them are gay. And also they might be friends with each other because like, uh, you know, this is, there's just a lot of those people here. Right. So and it's friends not is, crazy. Friends is very popular. Yeah. And so we're going to make a uh, lesbian friends yes. is what it kind of was. Yeah. Right. But I was like, this is just so unrealistic. I can't believe these women <laughs> would know each other. Like, and also, you know, but so that, so it's a group of, uh, gay female friends and, you know, uh, living, loving, laughing, as it says in the song, oh, all of those happen to be L words. Right. Um, right. And, uh, and that show, I watched that show first with a woman that I was dating. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm trying to think if like, I feel like she might have even had some like early bootleg DVDs. And I'm sorry to say that for those of you that work at Showtime. Right. I didn't mean to steal your product. Right. Uh, but I also, this was kind of even like, I don't even think. Showtime like, is hard to get though. Number one, Showtime was hard Showtime to get. Showtime does not make itself easy And I wasn't to just living get. at a place that had a, a television. I was living at places where we were using our computers. Okay. So, you know, I was watching it on a laptop and this was also before you could like pay right, to watch anything Amazon. on the internet yeah. or whatever. Um, and so we had like these bootleg DVDs and I remember I was watching it with her and then I moved to Chicago and, um, there's, there was one lesbian bar in Chicago that is very, that was very well known that has now closed down that is called Tease. And when I moved there, I didn't really have, I, my family was from there and I had like my sister's friends. Yeah. But I didn't really know any gay women. So I would just go to this that bar, bar. by okay. myself for their L word watching nights. Okay. Alongside like 
200 other women who were also not really talking to each other. Right. Just like 200 women showing up to a place and like standing with a Miller light and then watching whatever Shane is doing. Shane being one of the most popular characters on the show and then just being like, all right, well, see you guys next week and leaving and not saying anything to each other. All right. So first it was something that I experienced, you know, with a, with a girlfriend and we're watching the show and we're talking about it afterwards. And then it was something that I experienced with this big group of people. And then the final, you know, as the show was ending the final couple seasons, I would, I did, I had made some gay friends and we would go to, you know, somebody's house and we would watch it all together. And it was huge, like Like a social, yeah, this huge social thing, like a potluck. And, you know, uh, we would all talk about it in, so kind of the way that people do game of Thrones now, Yeah, Yeah, you know, that kind of cultural touchstone. Yeah. The funny thing being that like, now, there are plenty of people that don't know what Game of Thrones is. Sure. But a lot of comics do. Right. And a lot of people that are nerdy do. And I, you know, I watch that show. I love it. I've tried. You don't really like it. It, it isn't happening. I understand what And that's okay. And that's, that's okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I would say is like, I feel like the, you know, if you even say the, the name like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you know, people know it's like about swords and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about the L word is like, so for, for this very small group of people, you know, we know, the character names. Right. We know everybody who's ever guest appeared on the show. Yeah. I mean, I have recognized actors from like, oh my God, she was like in the background in that one scene in the show. Wow. I mean, I have, uh, I've met some of the actors that are on the show that I know right. some of them. So the minutiae, um, just because of how, how intently it was being consumed. And by only by small, certain people. Yeah, by you this know, small group of people. Yeah. I actually think that pe- for people that were on that show, it has drastically changed uh, their lives and that they like kind of can't go out in oh, because, public places very easily because that they are, it's sort of, you know, Sully McCullough used to, to uh, he would tell this story about how he's very famous at black malls. And, yes. and so, but he said, I can go to a white mall and nobody knows who the hell I am and it's fine. Yes. There's but, literally a term for this and it is celesbian. <laughs> That is coined. I'm not kidding. Well, it is adorable. Uh, yeah, it, it's been. It was coined by um, a website that also was one of the first. There was a website called AfterEllen.com, which was oh, yeah. about all television that happened after Ellen. Uh, like what was on after? So, like Ellen being the first show that had an openly gay main character. Oh, um, so after Ellen was about. So after Ellen, it's not the name being. This is everything that's happened after Ellen, and so it's a reference to like all of the ways that Ellen changed television and also movies and exposure for lesbian characters. Okay, and it was like a tiny blog, right? That I was that I was like uh, checking up on in my dorm room, yeah, in college because yeah. it was like the only news site, yeah, um, and it was eventually bought by MTV. Okay. And now it is like the largest gay and lesbian site in the world. But a lot of women that are my age, when I talk yeah. about After Ellen, they're like, oh yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was reading that when that, I was reading that when we were like hipsters about After Ellen. Oh yeah, I was reading that when that was just like one person's particular blog. And now it's on my MTV. Yeah. But, um, I like that Ellen didn't start it. No, no. Yeah. That's, nope. I mean, she has nothing to do nothing with it. Nothing to do with it. She was just like, oh, I, I, I get it. All right. I don't and even think fine. they've ever interviewed her. I don't think she's ever granted them an interview. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, after Ellen, uh, but I did, cause I know Jenny McCart, M- McCarthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has a, she had a, a not sp- McCarthy, uh, McNulty. Mc- McNulty. She had McCarthy. Like a, <laughs> it's yeah. about autism and lesbianism. <laughs> and, uh, Jim Carrey's Mc- related to it sort of tangentially. Jenny McNulty, who is, had a walking with comics or walking yes. with somebody. I did it one time oh, yeah. and I was like, do we have to walk? And cause she's very sporty. Yes. Jenny is. She had a show on there that w- when like vlogs were happening, yep. when people thought that before like web series <laughs> was a word people used, right. people were like, I'm pretty sure we're going to use vlogs and that'll be something that rolls trippingly off the tongue forever. <laughs> right. But she had a show also, uh, my buddy Liz Feldman, who's one of the oh, writers on, uh, two broke girls had yeah. a show on there for a while. Um, the tiny, hilarious Liz Feldman. Yeah. She's yeah. super funny, super funny. And so I was like sitting in my, and it's hilarious cause now I know her, you yeah. know, and we're buddies. She lives around the corner from me mm-hmm. and I was sitting in my college dorm room, like just going, 
are there any other people like me in the world? Right. You know, with like the one woman that I was dating at this very Catholic college, we're mm-hmm. not really out to many people, mm-hmm. specifically came out to a couple friends, was going through like a hard time with my family, just watching like little videos of Liz Feldman, right. just being like, thank you, Liz. <laughs> and then you end up meeting that person because you do comedy and you end up right. having that person in your life. It's very interesting. Yeah. And there's four degrees of separation. It's There's seven billion people on the planet, but it's weirdly enough, there's almost like... Like I'm four people from Barack Obama or Putin. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, of sure. course you are. Yeah. No, and it's, but it's also interesting being, um, somebody who has had, you know, I'm a, I love television and I have yeah. always watched a lot of it. I watched a lot less <laughs> of it stand. now. I watched yes. a lot less of it now as an adult, but like growing up as a kid, like I loved, just loved TV. Yeah. You were right there. And I love movies. Um, and so when you're that kind of person, you move to Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, you just realize that it's all around you. It's a very different, like environmental thing where you can show up at a party or you can be at a restaurant and then like these characters that you have loved. So this is my long way of saying that like these people who are on this show, um, I don't think they can go places because right. like most They're people are going to leave them alone yep. and then lesbians are going to lose their goddamn mind. <laughs> like they are going to carry, right. they're going to pick them up and carry them directly to our president's house. <laughs> our president being Ellen. As Ellen. She, she's as being, she's holding up. court. What, so was, was the L word the first sort of lesbian TV show? So there was, so before that, before the L word, um, queer as folk was on the air and oh, yeah. queer as folk was, a was about mostly gay men, but there were two lesbians. Okay. A couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, uh, you know, Ellen was a main character on her own show. Right. And, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had a pretty big lesbian story storyline. Did Willow come out at some point? Willow came out. She sure. was dating. I also like really wanted to have my hair like Willow's. I remember being <laughs> in high school and saying to my boyfriend, like, I don't know what it is, but I just really like her hair. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, What do you think it is? I'm like, probably nothing. <laughs> probably no reason at all. That's probably no reason. But no Allison reason. Hannigan, who played uh, Willow, also like a huge gay icon for that, and um. I think also people were really pretty obsessed with the idea that Xena oh, and, Gabriel, and, Gabrielle and Gabrielle might be. Yeah, there was a couple of, there was a couple of bathing scenes. I remember yeah. going, wow, those, that's kind of super hot. There was a pretty serious will they, won't they thing right, right. going on. And that was kind of at a time in TV when people were either like that show. I actually respect what they did because they were doing kind of a like, will they, won't they? But I don't think they ever really exploited it that much. But no. that was also when people were so. really doing a lot of like sweeps week. Uh, female on female kisses, oh, like Allie yeah. McBeal being like, I mean, literally they, that was the advertisement for the show. Yeah. It was like women coming within an inch <laughs> of each other's face and then not kissing and then being like, turn out to turn in to see if they kiss, you know, yeah. Allie McBeal had on there, uh, LA law was a huge one right. that had, you know, like the smooch her around the world. And there was a uh, mural Hemingway on Roseanne having like a gay okay. storyline. She of course is also in, um, uh, a very important, uh, gay movie that is also about, oh, I'm going to look it up right now because I'm trying, I'm blanking it right now. What is the name of this movie? Oh, Personal Best. It's oh, about like, like a running movie. It's like track stars yeah, yeah. that are dating each other. Okay. Of course, uh, I believe that Muriel Hemingway, uh, ends up with a man at the end of it. Well, thank God. And you know, that is also something that is. Cause that was, I, the only thing I've ever seen is the celluloid closet. Hmm. Which is a documentary. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, but there's like a companion book. Would <laughs> maybe cut coffee table book or something. <laughs> I've totally read. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Have, so, what did you? What did you get away? What did you take out of that? Oh, it was fascinating. It was kind of, It was heartbreaking and fascinating. I remember because I'm very sensitive. I'm a hothouse flower. Sometimes I, I feel very, well, very soft skin, yeah. and uh, so I was watching it, and it was just this thing about how. All of the early portrayals of strong women implied that they were gay and also that they would take advantage of other younger women. Absolutely. That there was like, there was always this sort of like prison matron kind of lady who was like, well, guess what you got? You're in my power and now you're going to have to whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Very predatory. Also yeah. very shameful. Um, have you, do you know the movie, The Children's Hour, which is also a play? I, um, it was in that movie. It yeah. was the reference. Oh yeah. So it's, it's the, um, original, the movie is like Shirley MacLaine. And Audrey Hepburn. In the 60s or? And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say 60s probably. Okay. Maybe late 50s. I mean, it's black and white. Okay. Um, and 
Uh, also, James Garner plays like oh Rockford, uh, Audrey Hepburn's love interest. Okay, so Audrey Hepburn is in a relationship with a man, but she and uh, Shirley MacLaine, Shirley MacLaine, crystal salesperson. Shirley MacLaine. Not at the time is she selling crystals, but she does now. That's her side business. <laughs> she sells crystals. No, no, not in the movie. Though. No, not in the movie. In Thank the, God. This oh, is just in, in real her life. actual real life. Well, yeah, Shirley MacLaine has, has she has embraced uh, a, a paranormal life that we all, the, it resonates, doesn't the it? crystal salesperson mm. inside. <laughs> She's connected her, with it. Yeah. yeah, spooky. And that's anyway, good. She's very nice. Yes. She, and, and an awesome actor. But in the, yes. in the movie, um, the two of them, uh, Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine, are accused of having an inappropriate sexual relationship. They're also school teachers. They run a school for kids. Yes. And they're like basically run out of town. All yeah. the parents at the school take their kids out of the school. Yeah. And the, I'm going to, there's going to be a spoiler alert here. So spoiler, spoiler alert from 1957. Yeah. Don't Let's do yeah. it. Uh, but it ends up happening that Shirley MacLaine realizes she's a lesbian. She okay. She is attracted to Audrey Hepburn. Oh, okay. So the whole movie is about how terrible it would be to be accused of being a lesbian. Yeah. Then like the last five minutes. Yeah. Is Shirley MacLaine saying, uh, I am attracted to you. Audrey Hepburn is actually not that cruel to her. Okay. She says like, okay, well, you know, like sleep on it or whatever. You know, like whatever she says. <laughs> Audrey, and then Shirley MacLaine goes upstairs and uh, hangs herself. And that is the That's end of the movie. Right. So. Very Hayes code. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yes. That was in Celluloid Closet. And they showed, cause she hangs herself. And this is a serious spoiler alert because it's a shot by shot of it. Uh, cause all, all they do is they show the shadow, the shadow of the hang. Yep. They, yep. they, they don't show feet, you know, like in the shadow. I think yeah. the shadow is like her little, her yeah, little feet, swinging feet, swinging feet. And then a little black shadow, yeah. uh, rolling around. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. it's so, I mean, when you are a gay woman, and this is what you are watching, right? You're probably pretty, yeah, traumatic. Probably. You're like, you know what? I should do? Kill myself. I kill myself. How about not? And I mean, like, hey, Audrey Hepburn is a great gal, and I do think she is, you know, worth fighting for. Uh, <laughs> Regular features, but she's fine. She's a good-looking person. You know, another thing implied by it is that, like. You know, that gay people are also not just predatory towards children, as you were saying earlier, but also like predatory towards straight people. Yes. Which I think a lot of straight people have, um, you know, a lot of nervousness about that. Right. And, and it's, I think in the last 30 years, I've been doing stand-up comedy for a long time. So I've watched, I'm a bit of a connoisseur of horrible <laughs> jokes. Uh, I have seen some horrible jokes being manifested and change, you know? Yes. There was, there was always a lot of, you know, it was like gays in the military was a big topic for yes. jokes. And it was always like guys in foxholes, you know, what's going to happen. And till about five or six years into my, into my life as a stand up comic, I'd be like, what are you nuts? And then that was sort of the angle of the guys in foxholes thing. And then there was uh, another horrifying angle picked by homophobes where they were like, yeah, but it'd be great. You know, then, 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 then we're going to capture the enemy and then they're going to be attacked or whatever. I mean, yes, it was like, it was like homophobes have to find the right hor You're like, Oh, you've taken that horrifying scenario away from me. Yeah. Let's find a new horrifying. Absolutely. Well, I also think that there is a, is a very, um, for some reason, there is a very direct line drawn in a, in uh, people's minds between like gay sex and also rape. You know, like that gay people wouldn't have like it somebody be consensual. That, yeah, that they couldn't just like find another gay person <laughs> or even a straight person that's into it that night. Right. You know that they would have to like take it by force. Right. Or that they would have to take it from a child. You know, like right. that, that it is this like predatory and also you know cause, so so I think that there's a like a self-protection issue there that I understand because like any human person, I would not like to be raped right. and fear it. Again, you taking know? a stand. Yeah. Dork forest, anti-rape. Take, I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> and, and this from a woman, you know, I can't, you know, so I can't right. even believe the things I'm saying sometimes. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, but because consensual, uh, part touching, Yes. Is what occurs in heterosexual sex. And I understand Absolutely. if it's something, it's not the parts that you want to touch with another person of the same sex. You might be like, well, I'd have to be forced to do that. So I guess yes. that's why I think that everyone would, have, again, having nothing to relate with except for possibly some woman who kills herself yes. on the television, which is why 
you know, there, there was a time in television when there had to be a gay character on every sitcom. Yes. And I can't think of, I can't even rattle off. But like a limp-wristed, uh, over-the-top yes. gay character? Yeah. Like a, like a, is his name Jack on Will and Grace? You know, not right. even Will, because Will is also a gay man. Yeah. But then there has to be, and, and I actually think, uh, Sean Hayes, who was on that show, he's, he's a great actor. He's hilarious on that show. Yeah. But they, you know, they had to be like, well, here's what a normal gay guy would be like. But then and that's why it's I wacky. can't forget this other gay guy. <laughs> you know, it's the odd couple. Yeah. It's the gay guy you can't tell is gay. Yeah, it's the gay and guy you can't tell is gay coupled with the gay guy that like is, is wearing bright white sneakers <laughs> and right. is like and matching shorts. A hundred pounds, you know. Yes. And yeah, but and and so I mean and that started a cavalcade of get used to it, folks. We're here. We're queer. Get yes. used to it. Yes. And it was, it was a gay parade of stereotypes and yes. caricatures that I think in retrospect might have done some good. I do too. I mean, I think, you know, Just the first thing you have to, to do is you have to allow people to laugh at things that they are uncomfortable with. Right. Because then they become a little bit more comfortable with it. Right. Because you can't fear something you're laughing at. Then you just push the line. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what we're doing as comics anyway. Like, you know, we take our insecurities and the things that we are uncomfortable with in ourselves and also the things we are uncomfortable with in the world. And we say like, hey, look at this crazy thing. We're not yelling about it. We're going in through like a little secret back door. (laughs) Ha ha. Gay joke. Uh, And we're we're (laughs) making people feel relaxed so that they can change their minds. Right. So I do think that. You know, as much as you look at something like that now, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a minstrel type character. Very much so. You know, but it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't do some good service. Right, right. I think it took the teeth out of some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's like watching Ellen's talk show right now. So when Ellen started her talk show, she rarely talked about her personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in the time that it has run and in the number of Emmys that it has gone through, she has, you know, ramped it up and like her audience is, 65 year old gay, I mean, 65 year old straight women in yeah. the, in the Midwest. You yeah. Know, like it's not a young, this audience. is not a young, this is demographic at all. These are housewives. These are stereotypical, you know, what, what the tea party thinks that they, that yeah. they have a line to. And, but Ellen has a line to them because Ellen's sane. Yeah. She, she's it, just a normal lady who's just living her life. <laughs> right. And she just is like, um, has a pretty cheerful and upbeat persona. Right. You know, and so people are, are welcoming that into their homes. I mean, I would say like, it's the same thing that Oprah did for black women. You right. Know, she, she is so opinionated <laughs> and she is so strong. <laughs> right. And she does not take shit for pretty people. And she maybe made, uh, Barack Obama our first black president. I'm not sure, but I think <laughs> she was, you know, her she was Beyonce. Instrumental. Uh, it was, she, she was, you know, she was supportive of it. And, uh, not, and I don't know that he would have won if she was not. She, so. she made, she created massive social change. In a, in a way where, you know, she was also giving out cars. Right. So she wasn't like coming and stealing people's cars. She was saying, Hey, I'm a nice black lady. Here's a car. I happen to be a billionaire. Yeah. In other news, here's a car. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's the sort of change that, that I do, you know, it's very, it's very safe. It's very sort of a white people kind of, well, no effect change from within the system. Yes. I know it'll take 400 years, but it'll be fine. And I know that I'll have everything for those 400 years and then we'll give you $12. It'll be fine. And there's something obnoxious about it, but there's something very soothing about it too. And there's something encouraging that it works at all. I also think that it's something where you have to kind of, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a two steps forward, one step back sort of a thing. I mean, cause that's just how change works. Yeah. So I do think that like, I do think that we have, you know, when you have a, an idea about something or when you know something, you do have to push for social change. There. Right. But like I said, I mean, just using again, Ellen's talk show, you know, she brings Portia on her show and she uses the word wife, which is, is Portia her wife, Portia de Rossi being her wife. Okay. Uh, she uses the word wife, which like is so transgressive, right? Just to think about that happening on the daytime <laughs> in 65 year old women's houses. Right. This is happening in Minnetonka, yes. Minnesota. They are hearing a woman say, and I talked to my wife the other day, yeah. you know, but she ramped it up slowly there, but then she could still say, I talked to Portia. Yeah. You know, she could yet not use the word wife. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's like, you know, you take it little steps, but then you also ramp it up where you need to. I mean, that's yeah. what I try to do as a comic as well. And that's, I'm, that's what I'm sure that's what yeah, that's any what, comic who, you know, who, who wants to, yeah, I mean, even if, even if your agenda is not 
tolerance. If you're, it's say your attend, your, your intention is intolerance. If you think of the way propaganda was done in the classic example, Nazi Germany. And, uh, but they would bring, they, they would introduce small words into Absolutely. it to raise up, to ramp up hate, to right. ramp up anger and rage. And so. Well, first you depict somebody who has a large hook shaped nose in a poster and then. And then a you few say, years, years later, you say that they were Jewish, right? right? You get people comfortable with it first. And you're right. It works both ways. Oh, I thought for... you were going to say intellectuals. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the Nazis hated intellectuals. You know what else? I just <laughs> wanted to go back to something for a moment that you said that for, for a moment that you said like a minute ago that I just thought was so interesting, which is that, you know, I think a lot of, uh, it's just kind of talking about, you know, that's that fear for some straight people that like they're, that the only way that they would be with another, with a person of the same sex is if they, they it was forced upon them. Right. So I also think that something that just because straight people are in a majority, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. sometimes straight people forget that like gay people feel that way too. Right. Like, and in fact, most gay people have been forced at some point had to <laughs> date a, a person of the opposite sex. Right. Because they thought that was what they should do. Right. And so like, we're all, we get what you're saying. Right. Cause we did that. I have stared stoically into the distance <laughs> while some gentleman has rutted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's, so it's, it's something where like, if we could talk about our commonality there, yeah. I think we would get so far, yeah. you know, because it's like, you know, I, I think a lot of straight people go That's like, yeah, it's so gross to me to think about it. Like you guys do whatever you want, but it's so gross to me. And I, I always want to say to that, like, you don't think this, that your sex life is gross to me. Right. It's not attractive to me either, weirdo. And, yeah. and on top of that, like, so we could break it down that way and we could mm-hmm. say, oh, it's gross for me sometimes to think about, you know, heterosexual sex. It's also gross for me to think about certain people having sex of any type. At all. Because my maybe, parents. Yes, maybe yes. we shouldn't all be sitting around <laughs> imagining each other having sex and then being grossed out by it right. and then blaming that person. You're the one that brought that thought into your head yeah. and I'm sorry you had to deal with it, but like, I didn't come into your house <laughs> and and make you think about your nieces and nephews doing no, it. No, I did yeah. not. And I don't. Yeah, because that I I want no part of it. You know. And also like something like um like kissing on the street. You know, like if your mind escalates that somewhere else, then I just have to say like, then you should. That's then you. I hope that happens with everybody. Yeah. I hope every time you walk down the street, you imagine that everybody that is kissing <laughs> is having sex. How weird is your life? Can you have a job? <laughs> Sounds like you have a weird life. Right. How do you focus? How does it happen? And, uh, there was an episode of 30 Rock where, um, one of the, um, I wish I could remember the name of the actress. She played sort of this autistic woman who owned the station at one point. Yeah. And, um, all she did was watch Days of Our Lives or It's a Wonderful, It's a Wonderful Life. That's not what I'm thinking of, but like, like some soap opera. As the world turns. As know, the world something. turns. And, um, Days so of our lives. Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Tina Fey was like, we have to pretend that we're, we have to do a dramatic soap opera like life to get her attention away from the television. Oh, and that's so great. They start arguing, they start arguing, they start arguing, and then they lean in for this. And this doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, but at one point she just, the, she hasn't said a word for three episodes, this actress. She is the <laughs> funniest fucking thing on the planet. And, uh, they lean in, and then all of a sudden she yells, kiss, kiss, kiss! <laughs> Oh my god, wait, I totally know who you're talking. It's the, does Jack have to marry her for a minute? <laughs> no, I no. I feel like that's, oh, maybe it's somebody J- uh, else. J- Jack's rival marries her. Oh, that's, minute. yes. Well, I am thinking of the same. I totally know who you're talking about. Um, I wonder what else I wanted to talk about on this. Yeah, here's the thing. We're, tw- we're 40 minutes in. We should, you've got to mention two shows that you well, enjoy. I know. No, we have, but we're doing great. We are doing great. What about, what I want to know is like, what are the really great like lesbian shows that that really that you love. So or, something that, that is happening right now that is amazing is Orange is the New Black. Oh yeah, that's a Netflix thing. So it's great. Have you seen any episodes of it? Nope. Okay, so that's okay. You don't have to be into it, um, <laughs> and you don't have to ever want to watch it. It's a classic it. LA kind of thing. You're uh, just like because a lot of people in LA are like, "No, you have to watch all of The Wire." I know yes. it makes you cry. I'm currently watching the first it. season of The Wire right now. Just because oh, it's exhausting because someone told you that you yeah. had to. Yeah. Well, you know what? I waited it out. I waited until everybody shut up. So I hear you on this. Like I was like, "Oh, I'm awake. Oh, I'm awake. I'll get to it when I am ready." On so my like, schedule. Eight and a half years later, or whenever exactly. that show was relevant, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Finally, nobody." Everybody's tweeting about it. Also, Twitter didn't exist, I think, when right. the wire was on there. Um, but uh, Orange is the New Black. The reason that it's important to me is because – so there is a – the main character, it, it really is like kind of a safety issue where like, hey, we're going to follow this like moderately wealthy – 
pretty educated, uh, white, pretty white, woman, white lady, white lady into prison. And therefore, I even heard Genji Cohen, who's the creator, uh, was recently on Fresh Air uh, with Terry Gross. Excellent. Fresh Air. <laughs> and uh, she was talking about how the, uh, the main character is like her Trojan horse to get us into a prison. Oh. So it's like this way of bringing an audience into a place that like it would be hard to sell that show right. to a network. It would be hard mm-hmm. to be like, all right, here's the story. Inner city black women versus inner city Latina women, because those are people that are on the show. Yeah. Um, it's I like know. Oz, but for ladies, right? Yes. Well, it, it's, I think I actually never saw Oz, but that's pretty. Um, you should brutal, see all right? of Oz. You should see all of it right <laughs> is it pretty, now. Is it pretty brutal? It is pretty brutal. This is brutal, but it also has some humor to it, some like levity. And oh, um, Oz had okay. Oz was funny again. Um, know in your heart that I've watched the first season of every great television show and then gone, oh, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> and uh, then I get out. <laughs> Dexter? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think I think it doesn't end well for a lot of people in Dexter. Actually, mm. I've not mm-hmm. I've not seen it because uh, uh, no. I, I like, won't. I, exactly. I, I love this conversation about want, shows we won't watch. I, I want my good guys to be good guys. I don't care if he's he's a good guy serial killer. Yeah. He's still a serial killer. Get some help. So, well, Michael C. Hall. Uh, on, uh, Dexter, who plays Dexter, also a huge deal on Six Feet Under. He portrayed a very normative and, uh, like very welcoming. He was a dude in a gay couple. He was the, one oh, of the main okay. characters, also a gay man, and they adopt kids and they have a very, like, real and honest relationship. That's Another neat. thing that you often fall into the trap with is, like, a lot of stories just are coming out stories and then that's the end. Like, yeah. A lot, there's a lot of movies that are, um, where the character is just wrestling with like, am I, uh, like will, there's a movie. Will I tell him, anyone or? Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Like, or is this even me? You know, like I feel like a lot of movies, there's two ways that they go. It's like, there's a movie, I'll give two examples. There's, imagine, there's yeah. a movie called Imagine, uh, Imagine You and Me. Mm-hmm. And one of the stars of it is, uh, Piper Paraboo from a little movie called Coyote Ugly. <laughs> and the other star of it is Lena Headey from shows like, uh, Game of Thrones and also the movie 300. Okay. And also she was in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So All she's right. had a really funny divergent career from this because she's had like a lot of really serious, like, action-y movies or like mm-hmm. period pieces. Mm-hmm. But just for a minute, she was in like a rom-com, a British <laughs> rom-com. And, uh, it's, you know, the whole movie is like about a woman who's with a man who is tortured because she finds out that she's gay and at the end she ends up with a woman. So okay. that's one model. Okay. The other uh, model is a woman who's with a man who is tortured <laughs> who ends up uh, dating a woman who ends up with a man. That's pretty much most of movies. Wow. That are about uh, gay women. It's it's generally they start when they're dating a man uh, and they either end, you know, with a woman or with a man. But the middle part is horribly what tortured. What these two scenarios where uh, a guy pretends to be gay so that he can sleep with a woman yes. or uh, some woman is gay and a guy's like, I'm going to fix her. Yes. Uh, those two. Those are beautiful. Yeah. What about a scenario where like two firemen <laughs> get married so that they can get benefits? Because uh, that is called Imagine Chuck and Larry or whatever the fuck it's called. I oh my God. It was Chuck like, and Larry or we're going to make fun of everybody, like 10% of the population's love. Yeah, exactly. And how you have no legal rights. Right. Exactly. I hope it all works out for yeah. you, but this is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. You guys, you don't have legal rights, but you could get benefits at the fire department. Let's stop that from happening right now <laughs> right with in this its, movie. In this movie. Yeah, in this, in its nascent we will nip it in the bud. Um, but another great movie that is actually like a really interesting there's a there's a really funny movie that is called Kissing Jessica Stein. Oh yeah, I've heard um, of that. That is about a woman who is, thinks she's straight and then she dates a woman for a while and then she uh, ends up with a man. The interesting thing about this movie being that first of all it's great. People should watch it. Okay. Even though she ends up with a man. Mhm. It still can be well done. Fucking good. It turns out. It's good. It turns out it's a good film. Uh, but, um, what's interesting about it is that it is written and directed, uh, and starring, uh, Jennifer Westervelt, who is John Hamm's really long term wife. Oh. Slash, I think they're just like girlfriend. They're uh, just common dating. Law kind yeah, of common thing? law. Yeah. They've never been married. Um, but he is in the movie and he plays a teeny little bit part they're Mm -hmm. dating at the time this movie came out like i don't know 10 years ago 15 years ago so at the time she is writing and directing her own movie that she is starring in yes and she decides to take pity you know on her boyfriend throw him in the film because he's a great actor right just pop him in for a little yeah yeah for a little moment for a second 
So it's like a great movie to see if you want to wonder um, how people's lives can change. Because oh, she right. still has, a, I think, a great career as an actor. But, but I believe not... that he <laughs> might be slightly more recognizable from his television show Mad Men. He might have blown the fuck up. Yeah. And uh, are there movies, though, that, that, that are about after? About after you the know, coming this out? This is what's so wild is that there's very few. And I would say that another thing that, that happens is like if they are about after coming out or if they are about people that are – moderately okay with their sexuality, then that person probably will die. Uh, Susan Sarandon? How was that Susan Sarandon kid movie? Oh, not Susan. Two Moms or uh, something? No. Or? Um, are you thinking of... Um, Sarah? It's it's not... Are it wasn't you, Susan Sarandon? Susan Sarandon? No. Um, are you thinking of Annette Benning and... Yep, I am. Uh, I am thinking of Annette Benning. And Julianne Moore. Always. Always thinking are about those thinking two. Are you thinking of those mm-hmm. two? Are you thinking of the kids are all right? That's it. So, that was um, sort of slice of life, right? Just uh, about although I will and- tell you that a big part of that movie is that Julianne Moore, who is a lesbian in the movie, uh, fucks a man for like a bunch of the movie. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Again. So like it, it got nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you can't have a story where a lesbian would sleep with a man. Because mm-hmm. hey, we're all different people and different people do different things. Right. But it was disappointing because that movie got such a wide release and so much acclaim. Yeah. And when I finally sat down to watch it, first of all, I watched it with my entire family because my parents are like trying to be really supportive. They're like, we rented this movie about lesbians. Let's sit down and watch it. And there's literally a scene in it where Julianne Moore is like up on him, like riding him. You're like mm-hmm. flying there, which is always, you want to be sitting between your mom and dad. Yeah. Not, you know, not, you want to sit between them, you know? Right, right. Just and then you want right. to turn to them and say, eh, guys, did you do this? You know, you want to say that. <laughs> Is this something? Yeah. Is mom ever on top? Dad? Yeah. Oif. So it's a little bit rough because there's that situation in there. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're happily, they, um, are happy there. It's after, but they have to sleep with dudes or right. like an other really acclaimed gay movies, you know, Brokeback Mountain involves a, um, a hate crime murder. Right. So does Boys Don't Cry. And oh. Both of those movies won Oscars. Oh my God, Boys Don't Cry! Uh, I was—I uh, accidentally saw the documentary first, and then somebody said, "We're going to watch Boys Don't Cry," and I said, "You're watching that alone. Uh, I will not be." Yeah, you know what is so funny about Boys Don't Cry is like that movie is so affecting and is yeah. so intense. And I watched that movie by myself oh. in my parents' basement when I was like 15. I was not out, you know. I didn't know I was gay. I was dating right. men. And I just remember rewinding the sex scenes a lot because I was like, huh, I better watch that again. That was actually just pretty good. Just really good acting. So that's why I did it. I literally, I literally like the worst, like a movie that you should unsee. You know I mean? It's right. so good that you should see it right. if you haven't right. seen it because it's, it's not true. No, you don't buy that and sit around on a Sunday afternoon with a blockbuster duo of that and Schindler's fucking <laughs> yeah, list. Just a little horny kid. Yeah. Just yeah. sitting there like, but huh. horny kid, yeah. I'm going to rewind the, yeah. this is a terrible, ter- 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 terrible things happening. Well, cause anyway. if there's nothing else to watch, you know, this is pre the word. There is nothing else on. There's this nothing is, else that, you know, there has any, Connection. Yeah, Willow is maybe kissing Amber a little bit on the like a small slight peck, and right. so you're you're just sitting there going like, "Am I?" So I'm 15. Either I have to somehow find like, or not. I mean, like, and you yeah. don't even know that it's what you want, right? You know, so you're just sitting there going like, oh, "Yeah, I should probably watch this scene with Chloe right. Sevigny like a right. bunch more times." <laughs> so I think I've seen that movie like 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 a hundred time. times, like oh more than you. Mm. You know, should feel balanced after seeing. <laughs> um, also, Chloe Sevigny, big gay hero, because she is also. So, I'll give you a recommendation on a film okay. that is a made-for-TV movie that oh. is actually great and has a couple like good positive storylines in it. Also, a couple sad ones. Uh, but there's there was a, an HBO uh, like mini series that was mm-hmm. called "If These Walls Could Talk" that was about um, Roe v. Wade and okay. like the abortion slash. Uh, pro-life movement okay and then they made another one i like, like to call it the uh pro-choice anti-abortion movement yeah anyway you're right you know what i am uh, a bit of a linguist i mm. love what you're saying jackie anyway, Cation, and but, i agree with you but it's fine yes good point uh redub what i said as what you said <laughs> if you can please do. <laughs> we'll do some looping afterwards yeah, if you can just loop uh whatever you want they made another one called if these walls could talk to you in the 90s and it what's great about it is like uh Chloe Sevigny's in it, and um, Michelle Williams is in it. She was probably in Dawson's Creek at the time, playing oh, really? a, a character in that show, and then also was like doing this on the side. Um, Ellen is in it, and she gets to be dating Sharon Stone. Oh in wow! Her portion of the 
show. So that just seems really fun for both of them. Right, right. That's hilarious. Way to go, Ellen. Way to go, Ellen. She got it in under the wire. You know what I mean? Like before she had to be, she's like an adult person now, you know, yeah, firmly yeah. into her adulthood. Oh yeah. In her youth, mm-hmm. she got to she have got to, some smooching time with the old kiss, kiss, kiss on the old share stone. stone. Yeah. 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 Not bad. Not bad. So I would recommend that. Um, I would also, yeah. What are your fave? Would, would, uh, are there, are there, is there a Sunday afternoon, you know, go to? A, a Sunday afternoon Movie saving face. Saving face. Yeah. Also features Asian lesbians as if those exist. <laughs> what? I know. We have not even addressed the fact um, that people of color might be gay. I know. I can't even, I can't even, uh. It's hard to wrap your mind around an, it. There was an all black cast on a television show on Logo that was a, uh, dude gay show that was called Noah's Ark. So if you're a a dude of color listening, sorry, that's the only thing you have to watch, but (laughs) check out Noah's Ark. Um, On the L word, uh, Pam Greer was on that show. Okay. Now she was not a lesbian, but she is Pam Greer. So she does count (laughs) as someone fun to watch. Yeah. As someone fun to watch. Yes, Yes, exactly. And then in terms of other uh, lesbians of color, um, there's a great movie out that's South African that has, uh. District 9. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great lesbian plot. Yeah, well, the, the, the lesbians. People. The, I was gonna say, the aliens are standing in for lesbians. That's not a movie about race, racial tension. That's it's not actually. A, apartheid at yeah. all. It's actually about gay rights. Yeah, it is. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And I, uh, live in a, you know, I have a corrugated tin roof also. <laughs> oh, do you live in a Quonset hut? Cur- currently, no. Currently. I saw Elysium the other day and my nephew when we left it. He's 14. He goes, is that what LA is like, Elysium? And I said, yeah, I live next to a giant pile of burning tires. Can I ask you a follow up to that? How did you like Elysium? I loved it. I loved it um, too. Yeah. It's, uh, it wasn't, uh, I thought it was more mainstream than District 9. Yes. But, uh, just as beautiful. You know, the pacing, he does this thing in the beginning, the first third of the movie. It's called character development. Yes. And it's interesting. He's I also such a young dude. I'm really excited to see what else he does. Yeah. Neil Blumkamp. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his short films. I haven't. Oh, they're so good. Alive in Joburg is the movie that. Uh, oh, wow. He got the deal to make District, District 9 for. Okay. And, um, it's awesome. Yeah, he's, a, he genuinely, he's, he kind of wows me. Young talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that it's a little bit weird that, that they couldn't find, um, speaking of people of color, that they couldn't find like any, uh, Mexicans? Mexican to play Matt Damon or to yeah, be yeah. Matt Damon. <laughs> they, right. were like, they were like, I bet you there's a Mexican version of Matt the, Damon. Playing the role of a Mexican Matt Damon. Yes. Um, but but hey, I, that's okay. Sometimes I'm sure that you just they have said to... Matt Damon is willing to be in this movie. Yep. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sell a billion tickets. Yes. And, and he said, you yeah, but my, for... my South African buddy's still going to be yeah. in it, right? And he yes. goes, yeah, you're South African guy. Exactly. As long as Matt Damon's in it, it'll be fine. Yeah. And, and I love that. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know. And Matt Damon did an excellent job, but it would have been, it would have been nice. And Jodie Foster was weird, but they just kind of wasted, I thought. You know, I, well, this goes back to our point here, which is I think actually, this is an outsider perspective, uh, coming from a gay lady that I think that Jodie Foster is maybe having a little bit of a tough time. I don't know if you saw her Golden Globe speech where she kind of essentially came out this year. It was okay. a huge deal for gay women because she is again. She's never come out, right? Never publicly come out and is such a huge star. And, you know, mm-hmm. you just think about that. You think about somebody like Zachary Quinto, who's a young dude. He's Spock okay. in uh, the oh, right. Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. He's also on the television show Heroes. And he is openly gay. Mm-hmm. And he is getting to play Spock. Now, Spock is a weird dude. Right. But, like, he's still a hero yeah. and a star. And and, he, and, and straight in the... He gets to be straight in the... Do you know what? Because he's an actor, it yeah, turns out. absolutely. You can, turns out you can act gay, you can act straight, you can act... It's a little bit funny because, like, <laughs> the character of Spock has no, like, emotional <laughs> connection. So when he's, like, kissing his girlfriend, he's like, I'm vaguely unaffected by this. And I love thinking about, like, just knowing that the actor is gay makes that better for me. Right. Like, it doesn't make that worse for me. I like that more. <laughs> but I also think that Zachary Quinto is a great actor. He yeah. has been in a ton of stuff. He's an American horror story. Like, so watch everything that guy does. And I yeah. love that he's out and I love that he's, like, you know, really knocking down walls. Um, then you look at somebody like J- Jodie Foster. I mean, she's been famous since she was a Coppertone baby. Right. She's... However, I mean, so 55, 55, so, so 50 years, Yeah, you know, she's been, she's been in the public eye for 50 years right. and, um, that is why this stuff matters. That is why, you know, women yeah, that watch these movies and why women look for these heroes because 
she was up on stage and she, she talked about how, um, her personal life is personal and her private life is private. Mm-hmm. And I could respect that, except she also gave a lot of details about her mother's illness. <laughs> she right. named every one of her friends, Mel Gibson. She gave Robert Downey Jr. a kiss on the face. She, mm-hmm. uh, was not private about the rest of her life. And right. I also find that that is something that straight people do not usually say about their relationships. They don't usually say like, my private life is private only about my relationship. Right. So I won't even name the person I'm with or acknowledge them. Right. They usually say, and I want to thank my lovely wife, yeah. Angelina Jolie, or yeah. whoever they're married yeah. to. Even Matt Damon, who is not married to anybody in the entertainment industry, names his wife. Yes. Right? And he, his private life is private. But he talks about it. He gets to be publicly out about having one. So yeah. I so think it's a, there's a huge, you know, yeah. there's a huge difference there in trying to say what should be private versus, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. need to, you don't need to, you don't need to take photographs of, you know, that I need to see. You don't need yeah. to, if I mean your house, I don't want to necessarily care if we have coffee together, but mm-hmm. I'm just worried for you if you can't say, if you can't say you know, stuff the word lesbian also. Yeah. She didn't say she was gay. It's very hard to say the word lesbian, feminist. Wow. Yeah. That'll choke in your throat. I know. It's uh, it's very unfortunate. It does feel like a, a dirty uh, word a to dirty, say. Dirty, dirty word. Liberal, progressive, <laughs> lady. So I want to recommend a few more things. Please recommend some and things. How, how much time do we we're, talk? We're at an hour. So we're we're wrapping it up. Okay. See, that's the thing about the dork for Let's do some out shots. It's almost um, immediately over because you are amazing. <laughs> like the thing is, is you were so fascinating. This is so great. So yeah, tell people what okay. they should. I'm going to tell you what you should watch. Uh, so I've mentioned some. I really would recommend Orange is the New Black uh, because not just because there's like some actual uh, chemistry between mm-hmm. some of the characters that are making out with each other as opposed to just like two women who are vaguely living away from each other and like, is this a thing? Does this turn anybody on? They actually seem like they're into each other, which is nice to see. Right, because it's called acting. Yeah. Refreshing. Own it. Own it. But also there's some great friendships between uh, lesbians in that that show. Which is so crazy to see. Like, uh, Natasha Leone is in the show and uh, Laura Prepon is in the show and they are, they have a friendship between the two of them. They're both gay mm-hmm. uh, when they come in and they're both gay when the first season ends. there's no <laughs> right. change for them they're gay right and they're friends with each other and they talk to each other in this way that i really haven't seen on tv before which is just like how women would talk to each other if they had something really large in common right you know because like there's also other you know there's black women on the show who talk mm-hmm. to white women but then they also talk to each they talk to amongst themselves in a different way. Right, because they, they have, have a, a large thing that they also have in common. Yeah. So it's just neat to see it, and I would definitely recommend that. I'd also recommend um, getting hit, getting on over to the UK. Oh, yeah. They are doing a ton of stuff, right? Uh, okay. You can find all this stuff on, like, YouTube. People are so into this that they will cut up the... It's the, I would say, like, buy the film, buy the yeah. DVDs if you can. Right, if you Some can of this them. is, like, not even findable. Zoned. Yeah, uh, and it isn't zoned for U.S. Yeah, DVD exactly. players. You can't even play it here. So, so I'm sorry to... Uh, to take money out of yeah, children's mouths. Yeah, to take m- money out of uh, these people's pockets. But I got to say that... You can find like in 10 minute increments and that is how patient I am. I have watched many movies in 10 minute increments. So Sarah Waters is a, an English author and she wrote, uh, movies. She wrote books that turned into movies and one of them is called Tipping the Velvet and one of them is called The Fingersmith and it is not as disgusting as it sounds. That means pickpocket. Okay. Uh, but why they would, I love the that she's like. The fingers. That's so excellent. It's not a porn. It's not a porn. It is a regular movie. But uh, both of those movies star Sally Hawkins, and she was um, nominated for an Oscar for Happy Go Lucky, also like a couple years ago or, or last year. And so she's like a great actor, and she's awesome. She's in both of those movies. So Tipping the Velvet and Fingersmith. Please look that up. Also, uh, be very don't careful look, when you look up yeah, fingersmith. Don't look that up at work. Not because it's not safe for work, but because if your boss sees that you're watching the fingersmith, you will be fired right then. And they would, and you would deserve it. I'd also recommend two television shows that are kind of, um, like a next evolution of the L word. So the L word, the great thing about the L word was, oh, here's a bunch of lesbians talking to each other. The weird thing right. about the L word was it was the first show ever featuring a lesbian ensemble cast. And so they really, had to like kind of tackle every issue. Like, oh, right. It was like as it was if too much. Yes. <laughs> like there was no character development or through line because it was like every episode was basically them being like, well, how do gay people feel about hamburgers? You know, like 
Like they, it was just as if they felt like they had to really cover everything. Right. It was the World Book Encyclopedia of Lesbianism. <laughs> it was just like, well, let's look up scars. Yeah. And there's <laughs> characters on the show where they're like talking to each other as almost in like this, uh, this like wild like exposition way where people right. where they're like, hey, how do lesbians feel about pubic hair? And then another <laughs> character's like, I don't know. Like as if like friends that know each other very well would just at a coffee shop talk about how lesbians feel about pubic hair. <laughs> or anything. Yeah, right. Yeah. My name. Yeah. No, they would not uh, they would not talk about that. Um but there's a great show uh in England that is called Skins. Now here's the thing, you're gonna feel gross because it is a kids it is like a high school Gay thing? television show. There's there's a bunch of different high school characters, and uh, in one of the seasons, uh, it's called series in the UK. Mm-hmm. In one of the mm-hmm. series, there is uh, there are two characters called Naomi and Emily, and they have a great gay relationship. Very uh, so interesting. It's, it's Glee or High School Musical or yeah. something like that, but it's but it's more realistic. And they also push the envelope because for that they also did a version of Skins here in uh, the United States, but they have like different labor laws, and so. Their version actually stars like real fifteen-year-olds. Oh, okay. Our version, they kind of had to skew it older, so it's like Zach Morris being like, "I'm thirty, but I'm in high school." You know, like it's a little bit different. Right. right. Their version. Greece. That's why I said you're going to feel a little bit gross because you're actually watching like sixteen-year-olds. You're, yeah. you're like, "Oh, that's they're doing such a good." And then you lean back, you're like, "I have to take a shower because I'm yeah. a bad person." Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Um, right. Stalker Channing was thirty-two yeah. <laughs> when she was in Greece. Right. So exactly. <laughs> So, uh, watch, you should watch, uh, skins. You should also check out lip service, which is the Scottish equivalent of Why the is L it all word. body parts. Why because, is it's, it a, because it has to be gay gross. people because they have to make it gross. Well, because also I think the thing about gay television, and maybe this is like, this is a great place to wrap up. The thing maybe about it is. gay television. What is the thing? Is that, uh, target demographic for television does not change. No. Uh, it still is 18 to 35 year old men mm-hmm. because that's who's going to buy Doritos. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have somebody that you can sell Doritos and add <laughs> to within right. your show. So that is why shows are called lip service and why shows are called okay. bells and why shows and... are called skins and why all those. I get it. Um, because, and actually skins is, uh, rolling papers. Oh, are not they? actually. See? A, and finger stick or whatever. Finger, finger stick. Can you believe it? That's what they call uh, vibrators. They call yeah, them finger the sticks. Finger stick. no, no. Uh, that sounds like the worst punishment slash the best punishment. <laughs> oh, I'll get the finger stick. Please do. Dash off. <laughs> I am. I'm, I don't know if that was like too over your, over people's heads, like listeners. How do you feel about the amount of dorkdom that I brought here? I think you brought a, f- a serious amount of dorkdom because we went down a rabbit hole of of just of it was, you know, it was vaguely political, but we stayed on topic. It was just like it was lesbians in the media. That's what it was, yeah. people. That's what we talked and about. And so how do you also feel about people listening that like maybe are not familiar with any of this stuff? Do you think that that provides them with like that they might be more interested or you think that's like that people are going to be like, I just got an email cares? from some guy who listened to the knitting episode who said he'd been watching on YouTube knitting videos. <laughs> he was like, it could be anything. I just, I just, I get brought down into a weird little rabbit hole whenever I listen to anything. Like the last episode was Moshe Kasher talking yeah. about religion and almost exclusively Judaism. Wow. Uh, most of my listeners, Jews. Yeah. No, no, actually, most of my listeners, I don't know what they are, yeah. right? I mean, I don't know if they're atheists or, or Christians or Muslims or, I don't know, but it was, that's what the great thing about the Dork Forest is that it can be anything, you know? And, like, I don't know anything about Paul McCartney. Yeah. Right? Fred Armson wouldn't have stopped talking about him. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, let's do this. Well, I hope that if you, uh, so folks that are listening, you guys could, I, I know, first of all, I know you do such a great job with the show and I know people really love it because I like read the retweets that you write and I read, I read all the stuff that the feedback. They could you follow get. you on Twitter, right? At I would love, yeah, at Cameron Esposito. And I would also love to hear from anybody that's specifically interested in what I'm talking about because, you know, sometimes not that like, not like sometimes you feel alone. No, just like yeah. it's interesting to get feedback. Right. From to sort of that, know that you're being heard to some extent. Yeah. Which is part of it. And, yeah. and it's, um, are you, are, are you going to be playing anywhere doing stand up uh, on the road in I September? A, October, I have a November? ton of dates coming up and you can see all those at CameronEsposito.com. One thing I'll say is that I'm, I'm road opening for Anthony Jeselnik on his, uh, big fall tour. That's Excellent. At mostly theaters. And the reason I say that is because it's like 
in a bunch of cities, like 20 cities. So, so. whatever city Anthony Jeselnik's going to be in. You could see that. This you see and it, all the dates are on my website as well. Okay. So you can link right there. But Thank yeah, you so cheers. much for doing the show. Awesome to talk to you, as always. Thanks for listening, Rangers. Take care of each other out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?